Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. All right, guys, what's happening? As, as many of you know, I was on vacation this past week. And so I wanted to share some of that with you because you couldn't be with me at the beach. So I wanted to share, sport some of my merch that I uh, received at the beach. So I'm going to tell you all about it make you very je- jealous. I'm going to start out with this hat, this bucket hat. It's great because I've been looking for a bucket hat for a while already. I couldn't find the right bucket hat that was the right color, the right price for a long time. And then I went to the Outer Banks and I was like, what a great place to buy a bucket hat. What better place than the beach to get a beach type hat? Um, we went shopping like one time family was getting like souvenirs and stuff. So I went and looked around and I didn't find any things. They were like too expensive or a dumb color or uh, some of them were like too cowboy hatty for me. You know, they, they, there's like a thin line between bucket hat and cowboy hat somehow. Um, and then I stopped at one more place. I'm sorry, you can turn my mic down just a pinch. I turned it up too far. Um, then I stopped at one more place because somebody needed like one more t-shirt and I found the almost perfect bucket hat. And I love it. Um, it's like the perfect shape for me. I like how it fits. It's a good color. The concern I have is that it is technically a medium. It's technically a small medium, but I have an extra large head, so that was concerning. But it does fit on my head in a way that makes me happy, so I got this bucket hat. It was the last one that I had to be cool with it, so it was great. And next we have these lovely sunglasses, which I got for Sam. And uh, where did I acquire these bad boys? Well, I found them washed up on the beach. So that's a little beach hack for you. Uh, free sunglasses, basically as many as you can carry, you can get free sunglasses on the beach. My final fit, and f- uh, wait, I, I should be clear. I didn't steal them from someone who was like sleeping. They washed up on the beach. Sorry, I should be clear. So my final and favorite beach memento is this shirt. My Jimmy's Seafood Buffet shirt, uh, and I love it so much. It's my favorite beach souvenir. Here's the thing. I know it's not for everybody, but I love seafood. I'm like a huge seafood fan. I love crab, lobster, shrimp, salmon, clams, most of it. When you get into like the, the cold, like oysters like that are served cold, see, that's where I'm like mm, a little more skeptical. I will eat it, though. Usually it just tastes like beach, so it's like <laughs> not that... But I get it for the people that love it. But Jimmy's Seafood Buffet, highly recommend. I wanted to hit up a seafood buffet while I was at the beach. And uh, just at some point. And so what do you do when you're in an unfamiliar place and you want a very specific restaurant? You Google it. So I gave it a goog, and I found a couple seafood restaurants. Um, I looked at the menus and the, and the directions, where they were and the hours and stuff. And uh, so I, I Googled it, and... What's amazing is you don't have to like print out MapQuest directions. Does that word mean anything to you, MapQuest? So in the olden days, you would have to, uh, there was an internet website on the, on the internet, on the World Wide Web, and it was called MapQuest, and you put in where you were and where you wanted to go, <laughs> and it gave you turn-by-turn directions, and you printed it out, and you brought it with you on your road trip. And this was a game changer for navigation. Because no longer do dads have to fight with a map that they just got out of the glove box for the first time in five years. Now you can print out turn-by-turn directions. It was revolutionary at the time. You just, but now you just, you do a little, couple little clickety-clacks. A couple, you don't even click anymore. A couple taps on your phone and you can, you can see exactly, your destination is 12.5 miles from here. There are six stoplights, uh, mild traffic, and watch out for the kid running to get his ball in the middle of the street halfway down your trip. It's like, 
the stuff that you can know is, is amazing. There's like potholes where the cops are sitting, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Just a couple taps on your phone away. Crazy. Now, if I, yes, you do. If even I wanted to go to a seafood buffet, like even just like 20 years ago, which I know sounds like your whole life because it's more of your whole life. But as far as technology goes, that's, you know, it's kind of a long time. Also kind of not that long ago for some of those and some of us in the room. If it were like 20 years ago and I wanted to go to a seafood buffet, I would either have to see it and just stop in or I would have to look it up in a phone book. A phone book. Disgusting. Google's the best. Google's my best friend. Now, um, some of you, you've probably all used Google to some degree in your life. Now, some of you Google little things like where is the closest mini golf course or what is the hours for curly cream. But sometimes the internet, we use the internet for like really big things too, right? We try to diagnose ourselves. We try to find love. People use the internet for like really big things. And some of you may have Googled some of these questions. How do I know if I'm depressed? What, is it, what does it feel like to have a panic attack? What do you do when you feel alone? How do you stop fighting with your parents? What is the best college major? At some point, we're all going to face these huge decisions, and I do believe Google might have some good answers for some of those questions. But we as Christians, as people that have devoted our lives to following Jesus, we believe that we have access, we have an intimate personal relationship with God, and we can bring our big questions to him and ask our big questions, take our concerns to the creator of the universe. If you joined the Apex family since um, the most recent Next Step Night, if that's your, uh, when you started coming to Apex, you missed a series. Right before that, we did a series called Open. A whole series is about the Holy Spirit, and it was really great. And check it out on the Apex Students podcast if you missed it. Uh, shout out Boardman, Oregon, if you're listening. So um, you can check out that whole series. It was really, really great. But we talked about the Holy Spirit for four whole weeks. And that was a lot. And tonight, um, the Holy Spirit interacts with our with Alive and Five. So we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit again, uh, even though we just talked about it. Many of you in the room weren't there for it. And I don't think hearing the basics is going to hurt you again. So we're going to basically start from zero and talk about some of the building blocks for what the Holy Spirit means for our lives, who he is, what he does, that kind of stuff. So we're in this series called Alive and Five. You may have seen these symbols floating around. I use them on Sunday sometimes. We use them in here sometimes. There are buttons and keychains and stickers galore. Um, so you may have seen these things. It's called Alive in Five, and Alive in Five is a gospel presentation model. That's like the fancy word. But that just means we use this tool, these five pictures, to tell the story of Jesus. We can use these five symbols to tell the story of Jesus, because each symbol corresponds to a phrase. So each symbol has a phrase to it, and you might remember the phrase word for word, but if you don't, it's okay. The picture is meant to prompt you to the thought, not necessarily the word for word um, phrase, but the idea that each picture represents. Each picture is a point in the gospel, a point in the story of Jesus. And so it's, it's made to help us memorize a, a way to talk about Jesus and tell people why we go to church and why we believe in God. So um, throughout the past few weeks, we've been in this series and we've been talking about each of these five symbols. What do they mean? How do they correspond to Jesus's story? And what do we do with that? So I told you I had two goals for this series, right? One is that you would understand the gospel better, and two is that you would tell somebody about it. So I am still moving forward with those two goals. Tonight, we're talking about the fifth and final symbol of Alive in Five, and that is the flame. And the phrase that goes with the flame is, the Holy Spirit will help us live for God. The Holy Spirit will help us 
live for God. So just like the past few weeks, we're going to kind of go through a list. We're going to talk about a list, some of these building blocks that um, maybe will help us understand the Holy Spirit a little bit better. I hope that that happens. First of all, I want to clear up who the Holy Spirit is. First of all, well, we've talked about the Trinity in here before, right? So uh, if you've never been to church, this is a, a concept that is confusing and will boggle you. It boggles me. We believe in, that God is Trinity. That means, so think about that word, tri-unity. Trinity, three, one. Three, one. So, so our God is three at the same time as he is one. He is one God made up of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is confusing. How can you be three and one at the same time? I can't. You can't, but God can. That's what makes him different. So that is the Trinity. Um, tonight we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And the first thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is that he is not spooky, okay? You may have heard him referred to as the Holy Ghost. And some churches, some belief systems will say that. They'll call him the Holy Ghost. And that is an interpretation of you know, Greek words, and that, that is a way that they understand it. But the, the, the word ghost, the, the spooky connotation is trouble for me because when I think of the Holy Spirit, I want to remember that he is a person, that he, is, uh, he has emotions. We can take him off. He can be disappointed. The Holy Spirit we see through scripture, he can do things. So the way we think about ghosts is not that. <laughs> He's not a spooky ghost. So that's also why I'm not calling the Holy Spirit an it. So we don't have an it. We have a person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity, and we need to treat him that way. So the Holy Spirit is not a spooky ghost. So who is the Holy Spirit? Not spooky. The next question that kind of comes up is, what does the Holy Spirit do? Now, the rest of these are going to be kind of answering that question. We've also talked about what happens when you accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as, as the sacrifice for your sin, as the payment for your sin. We make him our Savior and Lord. We choose to spend our lives following him. And we said it gives us two types of life. First is eternal life with him in heaven, and that you find in John 3.16, and also abundant life here on earth. You don't have to wait to die to experience God's blessing. You have abundant life on earth because of the Holy Spirit. You can find that in John 10.10. 10. The Holy Spirit plays a huge part in abundant life, in God giving us what is different about my life now that I'm following Jesus. It's abundant life. It is life to the fullest, on the translation says. So it's the Holy Spirit that plays a huge part he gives us abundant life. So the rest of the ideas we're talking about with the Holy Spirit, again, they're like kind of building blocks. They're going to answer this question, or they're going to, uh, to feed into this idea. How does God give us abundant life? And that's kind of what the rest of these ideas will be. I have made some references tonight and other times you may have heard in church to a book in the Bible called John. And John, you may say, that's not a title of a book. That is a man's name. True. The book of John uh, is there in the Bible because a man named John recorded the events of the life of Jesus. I think I say that kind of stuff all the time because I didn't quite understand that coming through youth group or, or kids' church or whatever. I didn't understand that uh, Philippians is a letter that a man named Paul wrote to the church in the city of Philippi. Did not get that. I did not understand that the book of Exodus is about a man named Moses Exodus, leading the Israelites out of Egypt in their slavery. So that's why I talk about this stuff all the time. John is the name of a man who recorded the events of Jesus's life. And John quoted Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this in John 14, 26, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So two things I want to pull from this. Um, you might say three. Two things I want to pull from this. He calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. Other translations or this word might mean comforter, 
The Holy Spirit's our comforter, our counselor, our source of peace. Those are some of the other ways to understand this advocate word. All of that together says that the Holy Spirit is on our team. Simply put, the Holy Spirit is on our team, rooting for us. To be an advocate is someone who is pulling for us, rooting for us. It means that he comforts us and cares about the stuff that we care about, all because he's on our team. So the second thing that this verse that Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, he he says, this is a big part of what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us and reminds us. He teaches us and reminds us. So the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus taught. So Jesus walked to the earth for about 33 years or so. Three of those years, he was going town to town talking about how he is the son of God. So he's preaching for three years. The whole, part of the Holy Spirit's role is to remind us of what we read in scripture, what we know Jesus said. So he reminds us how Jesus treats people, how Jesus talks to people, how he taught us to live our lives. He reminds us um, of Jesus's relationship with the Father and how that's a model for we need to stay close to God. The Holy Spirit reminds us of that stuff. He also teaches us. And he teaches us how to apply what Jesus taught into a 21st century life because Jesus did not navigate Snapchat or Google Maps. He was still printing out directions on MapQuest. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit's role is to help us apply to a 21st century life the Jesus lens. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit is taking the principles and what Jesus taught and what he told us and helping us apply it to our 21st century life with things that Jesus didn't speak directly to, such as Snapchat, etc. So that is part of the Holy Spirit's role to teach us and remind us. One more big thing the Holy Spirit does that we haven't hit yet. Uh, and this is one of the like, big keys to making this change your life, to like, making, making a difference for God in the world in your life. Much like John did, uh, a man named Luke also recorded the events of Jesus' life. And Luke is unique in that he didn't stop when Jesus left. The book of Luke is him recording the events of Jesus' life. And then he wrote another book called the book of Acts, uh, or called Acts of the Apostles, depending on your translation. And in the book of Acts is what happened after Jesus left. What did the early church do after their leader ascended into heaven? That's what the book of Acts tells us. And in Acts 1.8, Luke records the very last thing that Jesus said before he left. So the very last thing that Jesus let, said before he ascended into heaven, he said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, last words are really important, right? The last thing, like Jesus said many, many things. So the last thing that he said is probably pretty important. And the last thing that he said to the people that were living for him, following him, that were going to build his church, the last thing he said is that the Holy Spirit is coming and the Holy Spirit, when he gets here, is going to give you power. That's a big deal. We know it's a big deal because it's the very last thing Jesus said. He said, you're going to use that power to bring my message to the whole world, to your hometown, to your neighbors, to the whole world is going to hear my message because of the power the Holy Spirit gives you. Now, that sounds scary. <laughs> if a part of my role is to take his message to the ends of the earth, that sounds right. That sounds awesome. That sounds like what I'm supposed to do. But if I'm being honest, which I would like to with you, that also sounds hard. That sounds difficult and it sounds scary. 
The Holy Spirit helps us with that as well. So Luke is writing about what happened with Jesus. He wrote about in his book called Luke. And then in Acts, or Acts of the Apostles, he's writing about what's happening in the early church. Jesus has left, so now what are his people doing to build the church? And we find the people of God in the upper room. You may have heard that phrase before. They're in the upper room. Now, these people have been through a lot. If you know very little about the story of Jesus, you know he was crucified, he died on a cross. We believe he came back to life. So his people had been following him for three years, had given up everything. They've given up their families, their businesses. They've given up the place they know. And they come to follow Jesus. They give him their whole life. And then he dies. Now what? Right? So first, their first reaction is we got to run and hide because the guy that we're following was murdered so we could easily be next. So they run and hide. And then, like I said, we believe Jesus did not just die but came back to life. And we believe he came back to life and then walked around for a little while and like visited his followers and said, what's up, guys? I told you I'd come back. And so they are transformed by seeing Jesus again. And they go from hiding to praying because Jesus says to them, pray. He says, wait on the Holy Spirit. I know you're scared. It's going to be fine. He comes to them and says, wait and pray. So they go from hiding to praying. So now they're in this moment of praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I told you the Holy Spirit was coming. And now I want to tell you that time is very close. So they go to the upper room and they pray in the upper room. And Luke writes this in Acts 4.31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they preached with boldness. Do you see what's happened here? They were, they were praying. They were waiting on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, and then they preached with something new. They preached with boldness. We talked about this a bunch in our open series a few weeks ago, or uh, several weeks ago now. And the Holy Spirit coming to fill these people was a big moment for them. It was a really big moment in the, in the history of the church. We call it Pentecost. And uh, it's inspired whole movements of Christian people. They had been moved from hiding to praying when Jesus came to see them. And this movement, this moment that the Holy Spirit came, moved them from praying to preaching and dying preaching with boldness and dying for that message. They, all of the 12 disciples were killed because they wouldn't stop talking about Jesus. Something changed for them. And it's one of the reasons I believe that Jesus came back to life because something changed for these 12 men. They encountered the Holy Spirit. They encountered Jesus, the risen Christ. And then they encountered the Holy Spirit and it changed everything. That change, that power, that boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. It came for them. It comes for us as well. The Holy Spirit filled them, and it gave them power and boldness to do what he had called them to do, to live their lives dedicated to the stuff that he had called them to do. The Holy Spirit is here to do that same thing for you. I believe that. He wants to give you abundant life. He wants uh, to teach and remind you how to live righteously and wisely, and he wants to fill you with his power and to give you boldness with his message because the Holy Spirit will help us live for God. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, we make a decision to give our lives, devote our lives to following Jesus. We don't get left to figure it out on our own. The Holy Spirit helps us to live for God. I hope we've made some strides in understanding of what that means, what the Holy Spirit actually does to help us live an abundant life. But you may be asking, that sounds great. It's great to have this person to rely on, this Holy Spirit to pray to, to talk to, how do I 
get there? Like, how do I have contact? If I hear about uh, an amazing pizza place, you better give me that address for that pizza place. If I hear about a great Amazon deal, send me the link. If I hear about an amazing seafood buffet, you better get me there so I can buy the t-shirt. What do we do to connect to this source of abundant life? If we believe he does all these great things for us, how do we get to that? So first of all, Get connected to the Holy Spirit uh, by what we call your 10 and 10. And I'm realizing that I, you may, and some people in this room probably have never heard me say that before, but I say it a lot. So get ready. Your 10 and 10 uh, refers to a deep and daily relationship with God. That means every day you spend time with God. Every day you, t- you spend 10 minutes in prayer talking to God, uh, thanking him, asking him for, for, what, uh, for, for him to bless your life and for him to guide you in what he has for your life and for repenting of sins and for giving him everything. 10 minutes in prayer and 10 minutes in scripture. So that's reading the Bible or a devotion or a verse of the day, meditating on one verse, even 10 minutes somehow in scripture, in, in God's word. So 10 minutes in prayer, 10 minutes in God's word. God's word. We call it 10 and 10. So how do you connect to the Holy Spirit? How do you hear his voice? 10 and 10 is a great place to start because the more time we spend seeking God and giving him our lives, the, more, the, the louder his voice gets. You can hear him better. He can teach you better. He can remind you better. He can comfort and guide you better. He can give you wisdom and he can give you power and boldness when you give your life to him. When you get closer to God, you hear his voice better. The other thing I think is really important here is to connect yourself to a faith community like the one you are surrounded by right this very second. Don't look now, but you have a faith community around you, right behind you, right now. Um, This community, it's important to be a part, to be around people who put God first. Very much like you see going on around you right now. We need these types of communities. We need to be around people. You need to be around people your age and around people that are older than you and younger than you that are all trying to follow Jesus together. We need this whole family, this whole community to work together. This community will help us when we're down, will support us when we need support, will guide us when we need guidance. God will speak through this community, and we can do that for other people in our community as well. We can get support when we need support. We can give support when somebody else needs it. We need this community. You've heard stories. If you were at NSN this year, Next Step Night, you heard Why Apex Moments. Almost everybody said, I found a community that I needed to help me get through a difficult time in my life. Luke wrote about the early church in the book of Acts, and he wrote all about how this this faith community, they needed each other. And that has not changed throughout human history. We continue to need each other. So spend time with God and your 10 and 10 and get connected to a faith community of which Apex is a great one that I hope to see you connected to. Because when we get connected to God, when we, when we spend time hearing the voice of God, listening for the voice of God, the Holy Spirit will help us live for God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word for this night. Thank you for Alive in Five and the guidance that we can receive um, for telling people about how good you are, what you've done for us, how you've changed our lives through this message, through this gospel. Father, thank you that we have this tool. God, I pray tonight you help us to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us live for you. That we don't try to do it alone because I have tried and every time it gets messy and exhausting. So Father, help us all to rely on you to help us get closer to you. God, I pray that you would help us um, 
with uh, the 10 and 10 habits that we need to put into our lives. That is, it, it can be very challenging. We have the time. We can make that kind of time. So God, help us. Give us the, um, the, the courage to make that difference, the discipline to make that difference in our lives. We need you to help us make that a part of our lives. So Father, I pray you help us to do that and help us get connected to a faith community like Apex because having people around us is so important. You've shown us that. You've taught that. And in the very beginning in the garden, you said that Adam, Adam shouldn't be alone. Community is a part of the, of the design for mankind. And you live in community yourself in your trinity. So Father, help us to follow that example and to rely on people and to support people as a part of this faith community. God, thank you for what you're doing in this room. We love you. We thank you and dedicate it all to you. It's in your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.